Now, five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and, no, and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But the wise took but the wise took oil in their vessels in the lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, say delayed. delayed. They all slumbered and slept. So they slept. More than just a nap, they slept. And at midnight, a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, give us of your oil for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered saying, no, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Surely I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Say, he's coming. coming. You got to be awake. You got to be awake. Touch your neighbor. Says, are you awake this morning? And you may be seated in his presence. Jesus used parables and rightly so in his time and age, parables told stories. Some people like stories. Some people don't. But Jesus knew how to use stories. He knew how to take these uh, parables and uh, uh, depictions of life and things of that. And he understood how to deal with the the populace that was then and that time, the Hebrews. They understood certain aspects. And he used this uh, portion after already talking about a discourse in Matthew 24 about the end coming. How many knows we're in the end times? If you don't know, you need to wake up. We're in the end times where men are lovers of themselves more than they are lovers of God. They love pleasure more than they love God. Uh, They chase after this and they're unthankful, unholy. And and you look around and we was out shopping last night getting things ready for VBS. And I just looked around and I said, look at the generation. And I'm not talking about just one generation, but generations, how they look, how they act. They just like, who cares? There's no shame. There's no nothing. And we're living in that time. But Jesus uh, was talking here to a parable about a wedding that was going to take place. And with this wedding that was going to take place, they understood that there's a wedding party. And with that wedding party, they would get ready. But the bridegroom would leave to go prepare for the party and the wedding. And he would leave. And sometimes these bridegrooms were there for a reason to encourage the bride. Because sometimes the brides would get their eyes upon, is he coming back? Oh, maybe this one will take me. They would say, no, you get back in here. He's coming back. Encourage the bride to keep looking for the bridegroom. How many knows we need encouragement? Touch your neighbor says, you need to wake up. He's coming. He's coming. The Bible also said that these were chosen 10 virgins saying that they had not been involved with any 
other areas of sinful life or doing things that they shouldn't be. They were the bridal party, but he depicts them. Five were wise, five were foolish. We see that the bridegroom would go and not only get things ready, but these bridemaids were chosen to keep things ready when he would come. And they would, how many's ever been to a wedding before? Uh, the brides would come early. They would get into a room. <laughs> I've not been one to stick around where the ladies are because they giggle, they laugh, they are excited about what's getting ready to take place. They would be in their hair, put makeup on, putting their hair on, trying this, trying that, and they're excited. I'm getting ready to meet my bridegroom. He's coming. I know he's coming. And that's what they were doing, getting ready. And they were things. They were prepared. They were in the chamber, ready to move into that realm. How many knows that Jesus has left us here? He's delayed for a while, but I'm telling you, he's coming, church. We need to keep our eyes where they need to be. Five were wise. They had been prepared. They brought oil. As a matter of fact, I truly believe they were planning and they had planned. They brought a little extra. They understood that maybe there'll be a little bit of delay. At one point, I truly believe that even the 10, because it's said that, that as the time went on, they had, why would you bring a lamp and no oil? I believe that some of them had a little bit of oil and it was burning. All of them, I believe, had a little bit. But the five were wise enough to say, wait a minute, we need to take a little extra we don't know how long this thing's going to be, how long we're going to have to wait. So I truly believe that while their lamps were burning and the night, the midnight oil was burning, that some went out. You know what they were expecting? I can just imagine talking about this. Oh, you can't wait till the wedding night. You can't wait till the future. You can't wait to, to be with him. And they just was talking. I can imagine what the bride was saying. He's mine. Oh, I can't wait to put my arm in his. I can't take his, wait to take his name. I can't wait to, and she just, I, I can imagine expecting. But sometimes expecting costs you. It costs you in some ways of expecting. It costs you when you expect because you stand in readiness. You stand to be ready to receive what is coming to you. <laughs> but something took place. The Bible teaches that hope deferred makes one sick. Yes. When you're in hope and anticipation, expectation of something, and all of a sudden a delay comes, you can get wore down. How many has believed God for something and it seems like it's not come to pass yet? You pray and you pray expecting there's a cost to it. Something that of anticipation and you get excited, it builds and builds and pretty soon you find yourself that hope and when you hope, it costs you a little bit because you stand ready. You let other things go by because I'm ready for this thing to happen. But see, when you don't hope, it doesn't cost you anything. But these ladies were hoping they were anticipating. They wanted to see what was going to take place next. They were ready for the wedding. They waited and waited and waited. They were burning the oil and waiting. And sometimes when you burn the oil, it runs out. When you hope in something, you burn. 
You burn with inside. Anticipation, expectation. You want that and you burn the oil in what is going to take place. Hope in something that makes you burn the oil. It costs you. Hope brings, because you're anticipating it, something's going to happen. It's going to burn. Having noticed that I brought this lamp, I don't have any oil. You think it's going to burn? I can trim it. I can clean it, make it look pretty all day long. But without the oil, it doesn't mean anything. Oil is a representation of the Holy Spirit. We have a lot of things going on, but there's no spirit behind it. I like what Jesus said. He says, my words are not just words, but they're spirits. We don't need just knowledge. We don't need just things. We need the spirit of God. We need it in our lives. We need it to burn with. It costs you something. Salvation is free, but everything else will cost you in readiness, standing ready for this. This is what took place with them. They were waiting. Those that wait upon the Lord, they shall, watch, mount up. They shall soar. The Bible says they will run and walk and not faint. Thank God for that. You know what that tells me? There's some tough people. I know some people that uh, they work all day long and go to school at night. That's some toughness. How many know some people that tried to better themselves with getting education? There's nothing wrong with that. But I'm telling you what, you can burn the midnight oil on both ends at times. It feels like you're burning wick on both ends. I know some people that will work two jobs just to pay the bills. They don't have maybe a good enough job. Just one job will take care of you. You got to have two jobs to pay the bills. That's some tough people. I know some people that started a church in a storefront, or in our case, in a funeral home. This is an old funeral home. It had dead things. <laughs> we kind of brought resurrection. Yes, yes. Restoration. Thank God. <laughs> Sometimes when we started, we didn't have very many people. As a matter of fact, the bills were bigger than the offerings we were taking. How are we going to make it? Can I tell you, we're still here. <laughs> Thank God in anticipation. It cost us a little bit, but I'm telling you what, God came through. And God wants to come through you for you today. You may not have a lot. It may take a little bit of toughness, but I'm telling you, keep expecting. Keep being ready. Keep looking for the bridegroom. He's about to come. Amen. Amen. Thank God. Amen. Still waiting. Still waiting. But how many knows that when you're waiting, you get tired? You can sit and just wait. How many knows you can get tired? I'm waiting. I can't wait till he gets here. I can't wait to receive. It's just like Christmas Day. You couldn't wait to get to the, open the gifts to find out what your parents got you. And some kids like to sneak into them before. What did I get? They couldn't wait for the day. And all of a sudden, you're still waiting. But while you're waiting, and you wait. How many know sometimes you get tired? Lord, I'm waiting. God, I'm waiting. But, you know, I'm not going to stand here. To, I'll just sit for a little bit. I'm still waiting, Lord. Oh, this feels pretty good. Oh, yes. Oh, Lord. Okay, I'm waiting. 
Lord, okay, yeah, he's coming, he's coming. How many know sometimes when you're waiting, you get tired? Am I the only one that's ever gotten tired before? <laughs> you know, you can come to me when I'm not so tired, and I can put up with a lot of things. You get me a little bit tired, I get a little edgy. <laughs> Am I the only one that has ever got like that? You say a few things just at the right moment. If you're tired, you may respond and say words. Why did I do that? These 10, the Bible says, all 10 of them were still waiting, but yet they become tired. They laid down on the job. The Bible said they slumbered and they slept. We could go in details on those two areas, but I won't because they slumbered and slept. We have a church that is slumbering and sleeping because they've been waiting. I've heard that all my life and they've stopped waiting. They stopped looking and stopped anticipating. All 10 were tired. All 10. How many has ever gone to bed tired? Ham has ever woke up tired. Yes. <laughs> How many's ever gone to work and you see your coworkers and you even smile tired? Hi. <laughs> I'm tired. You come to church tired. I've been looking at this, even when you look around and you've been waiting a long time for an answer and all of a sudden you look at somebody, but you're tired and you know it. Emotionally, you're drained, but you smile out of that tiredness. Can I get real today? Sometimes you get wore out and doing what God wants you to do. But the Bible says you're not, you got to keep looking. You got to keep looking. Something took place in verse six. The Bible says there was a cry. This cry was like when a woman is in getting ready to deliver a child. All of a sudden, pains hit you. All of a sudden, you can feel something take place, and it feels like uh, it's birthing time. What is this pain? All of a sudden, you start crying out. It was a wake-up time. Say, it's a wake-up call. I believe in this scenario, it was a awaken. They were awakened by the cry that was coming. The bridegroom is coming. The bridegroom is coming. A cry was going through the land. They heard, behold, behold. See, this is not bad news. This is good news. He's coming. It, they awoke out of their sleep and their slumber. They got up and they says, we got to get ready. He's coming. But some were not ready. Can I tell you this, though, even with the good news, some of you have been anticipating, and these are the ones I want to talk to. You've been praying about this, and I'm telling you, this was going to break forth in something good. Jesus is coming back. We know that. But some of you have been praying about a lot of things, and the answer has not come yet, but I'm telling you, the cry is going out. God is going to move in these last days. And what you've been anticipating for, what you've been looking for, what you've been hoping for, what you've been waiting for, and even in sometimes you get tired, all of a sudden the cry comes out, he's coming, and he's bringing some good things. It's going to break forth, church. He is coming with some good things. Good news, good news. He's coming, good news. He's bringing some good things for his church. Aren't you glad for that? See, what you've been praying for, 
Some of you have even been scratching and trying to hold on. Sometimes you've been holding on to this and you say, God, is it going to come to pass? But I'm telling you, at that right moment, at that right time, the bridegroom comes. You're awakened and all of a sudden he brings forth what you've been praying about. Aren't you glad that he's coming? The answer is on its way, church. God has already had the answer. Some of you are starting to receive. Some of you are starting to see some things happening. And God just saying, I'm coming. I'm bringing some good things. The one thing that I want to bring up is, are you ready to receive it? Are you so wore out of anticipating and waiting that are you ready to receive it? Are you ready to have what you're looking for? The Bible says five were not. They didn't come ready. These were hand-picked maidens. Ten were hand-picked. Who picks them? The bride. This one's going to be with me. This one's going to be with me. This one's going to be with me. That tells me as a bride that I need to go out and start choosing, start picking, start looking for. Why are we going to have VBS this coming week? Because we're looking for those that will come along in the chamber and wait for the coming of the Lord. We're looking, anticipating for some good things. We've been working and some of you have been tired. I can see it in your eyes. I can see it in your actions. You walk in tired. You walk in with weight on you. But I'm telling you, it's time to awaken. It tell your neighbor, it's time to awaken. Oh, that's poor. You need some coffee maybe. Wake up and smell the coffee because I truly believe that the blessings of God is being poured out. In these last days, God is pouring out upon that. It's a new season, church. We're entering in a new time. And Jesus said, after these things were going to happen, he said a scenario in Matthew 25. He said, this is what's going to take place. It's going to be like this. Those that are anticipating a wake-up call came. All of a sudden, the alarm sounded. All of a sudden, you woke up. No more snoozing. You got up. I got to get ready. If you linger too long, you're going to be left behind. Maybe we need another rapture practice. I don't know. Maybe you need to wake up a little bit more to realize he's coming, church. But it's a new season. We're entering a new time, a new place that God says, I'm coming, but I'm looking for a church that's made itself ready, that has no spot, no wrinkle in their garments, and they're ready to go. Are you part of that great group that's going to be looking for that's ready to make themselves ready see i believe this is a great awakening that's coming that's awakening to church i classified this because this happened at midnight a time when most people are asleep most people are in, not anticipating not waiting the bible says jesus is coming at a time we don't know it's depicted as a thief in the night you know when they're going to show up and they're coming. They come for a reason. I call this the midnight madness. And it took place that way. You have the midnight crowd. The bridegroom had delayed his coming. We've heard it all our lives. We've heard that he's coming. We've not seen the event yet. But can I declare to you he's coming? Tell you never he's coming. You got to be ready. The Bible says they all slumbered and slept. They were sleepy. They had sleep in their eyes. 
They didn't wipe it out quite a ways, and they just kept asleep. Wise, five were wise, five were foolish. Paul says in Romans 13, he said, it's high time to awake out of your sleep. Can I give you some pointers? There's warning signs around us. He's coming, church. Things are wrapping up pretty quickly. Amen. Things are lining up pretty quickly in according to eschatology, if you look in the Word of God. Things are lining up that God is going to appear when you'd least expect it. But that's when those that are anticipating are constantly looking, and they made themselves ready. They brought a little extra oil. Sometimes the journey needs a little bit extra to move it. That's where that we need more of the Holy Spirit, more now than ever before. God, fill me with your Spirit. Let your Spirit fill me up that I can burn brightly. Awaken me. Warning alarms are going all around us, around the world. We don't know when we're going to have a nuclear holocaust. We could see that. We see from the Old Testament, Zechariah talks about that. We could see those times coming when the armies march against Israel. We could be caught up in a battle in any moment. We need to awaken our lives, awaken our hearts, and trust in Jesus more. He's coming back. Amen. The midnight crowd sometimes gets sleepy, get weary. They want to fall asleep. Jesus told his disciples before he went to the cross, he said, just watch with me one hour. Just watch with me just a little bit. You know what they did? They fell asleep. And all of a sudden, it came. Third time he come to him, he says, sleep on. It's here. Sleep on. There's a lot of people sleeping right now, sleeping at the wheel, driving or trying to drive. Some are not fulfilling the ministry. God, you delayed your time. I'll get to it later. Procrastination is a sin in some ways. When you procrastinate, when you know what needs to be done, it becomes a sin. God wants you to. Something else happened at midnight in this midnight crisis or madness, if you want to. How many of you ever gone to a store with midnight madness? They keep the doors open at midnight. You go shopping. I'll give you a discount. You can keep the discount. I'll come during the day. <laughs> I've been there. At midnight, something took place, a cry. You don't know when it's going to take place, but it's going to happen. We kept asking Javi and Hannah, are you ready? Are you ready? Yes, Dad. Yes, we've got things. Pretty soon, Javi, one day we was over at his house. He said, he brought his bag out. I'm ready. <laughs> I got things packed. I can pick it up and go at any moment's notice. So at 3.30, we get a phone call. Are you ready? <laughs> I was sleeping. <laughs> Four o'clock, we made our way to the hospital because there was coming the baby. This is the same way the midnight cry came. You don't know when it's going to happen. And all of a sudden, the event starts taking place. The bridegroom is around us. See, if we look at uh, the voices around us and we can hear them everywhere you turn, everything is lining up. The Antichrist spirit is in the land. Humanism is in the land. All around us is voices of fear. Our hope can only be found when we look in Jesus. Titus chapter uh, 2, verse 13 says, Looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
We need to keep our eyes where we need to be. The midnight cry is about to come forth, church. Seasons are changing. Things are happening. It's a new time. But what's getting ready to take place is not only us looking, but Jesus is bringing some good things. Jesus is bringing some things that we've been anticipating. You've been praying for, and God says, I'm bringing some answers that you've been praying about. I've got some things in my bag that I'm bringing that you're going to be blessed with. How many knows the bride receives what the groom has? He's been preparing for a long time. Jesus said, I've gone to prepare you for you a place. When you come with me, I've got things already. Oh, praise God. I can't wait to see what he's got for me. I've been praying. I've been scratching. I've been holding on. He's coming, church. He's bringing some good things. It's about to ready break forth in your life, in the prayers you've been seeking God. You've been holding on. God says, I've got it for you. Amen. Don't give up. Keep looking. The cry is being out there now. The alarm is being sounded. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. But what took place? It was a midnight crisis. Five foolish didn't have enough oil. They weren't prepared. They delayed some things because the bridegroom delayed a little bit. Some will have enough according to this parable. But the urgent message of the parable was this. Will you have enough? Everybody's doing it. Just follow after them. According to what I see here, 50% are ready and 50% are not. That's a 50-50 chance. I don't want to take a 50-50 chance. I want to be ready. Good leadership gets themselves ready. They can sometimes anticipate when things are going to take place if you're a good leader. You can anticipate and look down the road. You look at a bigger picture. I talked to a, a gentleman that uh, he was a sniper on a city police force. And I asked him, he says, does it ever bother you that you may have to take out a person? That you may have to shoot that individual? He goes, I don't think it that way. I look at the bigger picture. What would that individual do to the masses? What would that individual do to the group that he's trying to control or bring harm to. He says, I can't look at what that man's doing. I got to look at the bigger picture. Church, we're at that crisis moment. We're at that midnight crisis moment. Now is not the time to not be ready. Now's the time to be awakening and have things ready. The five wise had things ready. They had oil for their, they had extra. They had reserve. They brought it. And what did the five foolish say? Give us from your, and they says, we don't have enough. Now you may think that's selfish. And in some ways it is because he says, I want to make it in. I want to make sure I make heaven my home. Others may not be ready. They may be telling you a gospel that has a lot of flavor to it, but doesn't have no substance. In other words, it may be fluffy, but it's not very stuffy. It may be sweet. It may taste sweet, but it doesn't have anything to fill you. I like sweets, but sometimes I like to have some steak and potatoes. I want something that's going to fill me up that I can have some energy. Amen. Not just a short spurt and that's it. 
I like sweets, don't get me wrong, but I like my, <laughs> I, I got to stop. You're all going to get hungry. The coming of the bridegroom, Jesus is coming. He's the bridegroom and it's closer than we ever thought. Signs are all around us. It's not time to look at somebody else and say, it's time to say, I need to be ready first. I need to have oil first. I need to make myself ready. Awaken those others, but it's up to them to get what God has. See, the thing you have seen is that our waiting is about ready to come to an end. And he's about to appear. He's about to appear. There's some people who says, well, I've heard it all my life, but can I give you something? There's a point in time to every man that you're going to die. You never know when it's going to come. I've seen in the paper, young, middle, and older all leave this world. There's a point in time. You never know when it's going to come. It could be crying out for you now. None of us know when our time is going to be. Now, I want you to tell your neighbor one more time. He's coming. Now, tell him this. Don't give up. Tell them this, don't faint. faint. See, the good times are about to happen. When the bridegroom comes, good times are going to take place. Then you can really say, as the old song of an old show, moving on up (laughs) to the heavenly side. I'll leave that one go for another day. The one thing I notice that... There's a lot of people that are losing their strength. They don't have enough strength to to make it from one to the next day. It's like being pregnant and you don't have strength to give birth. You know what happens? You can abort the baby. There's a lot of people aborting a lot of things of God because they just don't have enough strength. They've not prepared themselves. They've not got into a Bible study. They've not got into some devotions. They've not got into a good prayer life. They've not got into a good church where that they hear the word of God, that they can know that it will not sometimes always tickle my ear, but sometimes it challenges me. I'm telling you, the bridegroom is coming and we need to make ourselves ready. We need to have all that God's got so we can have things ready because those that did not have extra oil did not make it in. They were gone to buy and then when they come back too late I don't even know you wouldn't that be a sad state of affairs you do everything you can he was in the bride chamber he was waiting that lets me know 50% of the people that goes to church is not going to make heaven their home wow that's not a good percentage is it you look at the next one that means that one if I look around here and divide it to Honey, you ain't going to make it. Honey, you're not going to make it. Brother, you may not make it. But I'm here to tell you, to encourage you, get ready. Get ready. Get the resources you need. Now's not the time to try to dilly-dally down around. Sometimes you need to put some things of this world aside. Say, God, I need you more than anything. I like what we read in Jeremiah 29, verse 13 today. You want to put that up on the board and let's read that because this is really the telltale of some things. How many knows we need more of God? All 10 of these were handpicked. All 10 of these were chosen according to this scripture. 
Look at what Jeremiah 29, 13. And you will seek me and find me when you search me with what? Your heart. What's deep inside? Not here. There's a lot of people who's got knowledge up here. You can read books all day long, but it's the heart. It's my heart. Where is my heart? I want to open up the word of God. I want to read the word of God, but I want to see God with all my heart. That's when you're going to find God. Far too many people don't have the fortitude to seek him fully, wholeheartedly. They only seek him out of this. I can get knowledge all day long, but that's not revelation. I can seek him and just read his words. That's all it is going to be, his words on a page. But it's more than that. Because the word became flesh, came and dwelt among us to become alive. Time came when the wise and the foolish were shown. The cry came, it told on them. Midnight crisis came. Midnight madness started happening. All started jumping around. He's coming. He's coming. Oh, we fell asleep. We're awake now. We better get one. Wait a minute. It's nighttime. I can't see what needs to be done. I don't have enough oil. Give me some. Give me some. I'm sorry. I got this for myself. I brought it on reserve. How you act to challenges says whether you're wise or you're foolish. How you act in challenges. There's some people react out of reaction's sake. They would spout out anything without stopping and thinking before they let it come out. They just react. They're reactionaries. But I think there are some that prepared before. The time to act is before. Not just to act because the cry came and they weren't ready. They were foolish. And Jesus declared that they were foolish. Let me ask you this. Will you know who you are when the challenge comes? When the cry comes? Will you be so in tune with this world and the things of this world that when the cry comes, that you have to then start running after God, start looking to God, you may come to a point in time, well, let's go to church, and the rapture's already taking place. All of a sudden, the church folks is gone that really loves the Lord. I'm talking about God's church, not man-made church. The ecclesia, the called out ones, the ones that have made themselves close to the Lord. Or will you come to church and say, those are gone. Where's the pastor? He's been raptured out. Where's so-and-so? They've been raptured out. They're gone. And I've been left behind. The door was closed. It's too late for those to enter in. Plans have already been made. Invitations are being given out. The wedding party has already been put together. But Jesus said even the wedding party wasn't always fully ready. They were just along for the ride. Oh, I'm part of the wedding party, and that was it. The challenge came. The cry came. It told on them, what's the challenge? Am I ready? 
Do I have enough? Have I made myself ready? There's some people seem to think that eh, I go to church, I, go, I listen to pastor. That's the only time I pick up the word of God. You're not getting ready. Because if you rely upon just what I have, it may not be enough for you. Well, pastor, give me enough of oil here that I can make it through. Or the praise team, they can pump me enough up and they're good. They sound good and it's flowing good. They'll give me enough oil to get me through. No, they've got the oil because they had to seek the Lord. They had to go find out what it is. This lamp that I've got, there's nothing in it. You can see it doesn't have any oil in it. In order to get it burning, I got to go get some oil. I got to go to the right source. I can't burn any, just any oil. 1040 won't work. It's got to be the right oil. You got to have the right stuff in order to burn what God says to burn. In order to let your light shine forth, you got to have the right stuff. There's a lot of people who don't have the right stuff anymore. There's a lot of deceiving things going on in our world today. You can turn on and you can get Christian television on one time, but which one's right, which one's not? Which one's speaking truth, which one's not? Which one has the real, which one not? Which one's fake news and which one's not? <laughs> I like the heavenly news. I like to listen to the heavenly things. I want to turn into that uh, heavenly news network. And when I turn on it, I can hear what God is saying to me. I can hear what he has, but I got to be in tune. Are you ready? Are you ready? I want to put oil in this. And when I do, I want to have it full and working. The Bible says they got up and trimmed their lamps. Oh, let's make ourselves ready. That's almost like a religious stance. Let's trim it a little bit. It'll work fine. No, without the oil, it doesn't. Without the Holy Spirit, we need the Holy Ghost, church. Amen. Let's get down to brass tacks when the Acts of, was written. And we see where Luke come around writing the Acts. What was they doing? You need to receive. You need to take in. You need to have. Even 20 years later after the day of Pentecost, Paul is looking at some Ephesians people and he said, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? They were believers, but they're not even received anything to let them burn bright. We've never even heard such a thing. What are you talking about? They had the baptism of John, but they were believers and fully persuaded. We need the Holy Spirit, church. We need the Spirit of God to fill us, to overflow in us. The bridegroom's coming. And I truly believe, I said, God, why do you want me to deliver this message? He says, new season's coming. Transition's coming. The Spirit of God spoke that out this morning, Sister Bonnie. Transition's here. Don't be left behind. I'm switching to another high gear. We're moving higher, church. I'm moving from low to high. I've been traveling down this road, and all of a sudden I've been revving up down my engine, and I can't go. I can hear the gears grinding. It's time to get out of that gear and go to the next one. Go in the high gear that I can now find out what God has for me. Stand to your feet if you would, please.